Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to the Latin Connection, Billboard's weekly podcast on all things Latin. I'm Griselda Flores in LA. And I'm Leila Cobo in Miami. Welcome. Leila, it's so good to have you on the podcast again. <laughs> I know I've been <laughs> absent. I've, I've been discovering new music in Colombia and, uh, and it's been exciting. But now we're back and we have just a great chart week with three very danceable songs on the top on the top echelons yeah well why don't we start with uh this song that it just keeps climbing on the charts and i'm sure you've heard of course everyone has heard it uh bailar with uh the edm artist dioro featuring elvis crespo and pitbull i know this is such a great story greece because this track goes back to April or May, and we wrote it about it back then. Um, and then it's just kind of been organically and steadily climbing the charts. And uh, this week it's in the top 10 of our Hot Latin Songs chart. And it's a great combination because it's Elvis Crespo, who just kind of is the gift that keeps on giving, right? And uh, and he teamed up with Dioro, who's a, a great EDM act and DJ. Yeah, and he's only uh, 25 years old. So he, I love that we interviewed him, like you said. We interviewed him back in April when um, he premiered the song in the video. And he said that he grew up uh, listening to, to Elvis Crespo. Uh, do you think this is kind of Elvis Crespo uh, come, comeback? Would you say that? I mean, because the song actually debuts at number 39 this week on the mainstream top 40 chart. Which is it's something it's amazing. a fantastic yes it is it's a fantastic run and and back in the day when when Elvis did um, suavemente that song was huge I, I think people forget how big it was but that song was mm-hmm. a big mainstream hit hit as well and the story with Dioro and and um, and Elvis uh, I spoke with Dioro a couple months ago and he told me that his dad used to play music and parties so he was a, a party dj but when i say a party dj i mean like quinceañeras and and weddings and that kind of thing and he would always play elvis crespo so dioro grew up listening to elvis crespo and he's the one who gave elvis a call and said i have the song would you want to be in it and that's how this came about that's amazing and he's worked with uh i mean other prominent names in the industry like steve aoki and diplo um, why do you think it, this song works so much? Because interestingly enough, it hasn't charted on Latin airplay. So it means that Latin stations aren't playing the song as much. But it's in hot Latin songs. It's on mainstream charts on the dance and uh, electric songs chart as well. Yes, which is it's a big testament to the song because it means that the song is organically being requested. 
if you look at the global Shazam charts, it's everywhere. And, uh, and it also means that people are streaming it and buying it. We should hear a little bit of it because it's a, it's a nice little mix of, of Elvis and, and EDM. Cool. Let's hear it. And then have you, uh, Leila, have you seen the music video? It's actually really funny as well. Uh, it's about um, a father who's trying to sabotage his daughter's romance at her quinceañera. So it's, it's really funny. I think the video also helps the song because it's funny and the rhythm is so catchy. So I think it's, it's just a lot of elements that have made it such a success. Don't you think? Yes, I agree. That video is so cute. And uh, yeah. so, I, I mean, I, I don't want to ruin it because, <laughs> but it's such a cute video. And uh, yeah, I do think the video is an element. And what's also really cool about this collaboration is that all of a sudden, Elvis is playing all these EDM <laughs> and dance festivals all over the place. <laughs> and and I love that, uh, that he's getting to a bigger audience. And Elvis has always been such an energetic performer that I think this is great. This is a cool little niche for him to find himself in. Yeah, and well, Pitbull, I mean, he's not new to any of this, but he does help as well. Yes, that certainly gave the song a boost. And and then the yeah. other song that's been kind of climbing relentlessly and finally made it to number one is Daddy Yankee's Shaky Shaky. Yeah, uh, it's his fourth number one on Hot Latin Songs, and it went from seven to one. So um, why don't we listen to the song? It's super catchy, it's super danceable. Um, let's listen to it for a little bit, and then we'll talk more about it. Estamos en vivo. Sube, sube, sube el mic, mic. Que vamos, que vamos, que vamos pa' la gozadera full, baby. Shakey, 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 shakey. So what, Griselda, are you doing the shaky shaky? I tried to. <laughs> because there's a cool choreography to go uh, with it, but I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I've tried. I've certainly tried. What about you? No, I haven't tried. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, th this song also has a great story. And, and I kind of love these two songs in the sense that they show that there's not one path to getting a hit. And that it's not always radio anymore. And Shaky Shaky actually started very underground. They say, I don't know if that's true, but they say it wasn't meant to be a single it certainly wasn't a radio single at the beginning and then they did um something with musically and they asked listeners to put up their own videos of themselves doing the shaky shaky and this was like a little explosion and that's kind of what got this whole song going mm -hmm. and didn't he i mean we spoke to him recently uh 
because he reacted to his fourth number one. And he said that, it, it like you said, it he didn't mean for it to be this big. And it was actually a one-take improvisation uh, that he did in the elevator with a couple of buddies. So uh, I think that's really such a cool story. And, you know, he went back to his roots. Shaky Shaky is so simple but catchy at the same time. It is, and it has a great title. And one thing about Daddy Yankee is he just has a really good sense of what works. I was really surprised, though, and, and I don't know if our listeners will know this, that this is only his fourth number one on our Hot Latin Songs chart. Gasolina That's crazy. Actually, I thought he would have had more. No, he doesn't. Not number ones. And Gasolina, which is arguably his longest-lasting iconic hit, never made it to number one. Oh, Wow. And then, uh, yeah, so he actually just premiered uh, the remix featuring Nicky Jam and Plan B. Yes, and that also helps a ton. Um, remixes, the remix of the remix of the remix, right? But, um, but these remixes really <laughs> do help, especially with tracks that did not begin like radio tracks. And so they might need a remix to get played on commercial Uh, radio and Nikki Jam and, and Yankee of course go back so it's really very cool to see them working together yeah definitely um, yeah so those are two of the songs that are kind of you know climbing the charts and super catchy uh, but uh, yeah is there anything else any remixes that you're looking forward to in the upcoming days or, or anything that you kind of listen to uh, anything new that you're excited about Leila Well, you know, I wanted to give um, kind of a special mention to Zion and Lennox. Because Zion and oh, Lennox okay. are really having their moment. This is a, mm -hmm. a reggaeton duo that's been around forever and a day. Uh, for a long time. I mean, for over a decade. And this is the first time they have a number one album. Um, <clears throat> and they're doing very well with their single Otra Vez. And it's a really, really strong album. And, and these two have just worked kind of relentlessly. This is the first time that they're signed to a major label, which is Sony. Oh, wow. And, um, but it's just been like a, a steady... Actually, I'm sorry, it is not Sony. It's Warner. Uh, forgive me. But it's just been a lot of hard work. And, and they've come up with this, um, this really great album that has great collaborations. And the songs are cool. So uh, all the kudos in the world to, to Zion and Lennox. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, these guys are doing great. They have J Balvin on the album. They actually just released a, a remix uh, or a collaboration with Rake as well. So they're just mm -hmm. doing amazing things. Um, but I and also want to talk And you're right, that, that Balvin collaboration is key to oh, having yeah. the song high on the chart. So it's not really a remix, but, but you know. But let's, yeah. it's a collaboration, but still, it's kind of in the same mindset. Yeah. Well, why don't we listen to Otra Vez featuring J Balvin? Uh, just a couple of seconds of the track. Great. <laughs> I want to uh, switch over to our interview of the week. Leila, I'm very excited about this one. It's um, 
there's these women uh, doing a lot of noise uh, lately with a fest. There's a new festival. I, mean, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Ruidosa Festival. And it was yeah, launched I by, have actually. Yeah. So it was launched by uh, Chilean singer-songwriter Francisca Valenzuela. She's, you know, kind of an up-and-coming indie alternative singer. Um, but she's just launched this Ruidosa Festival. She considers it a feminist festival. Um, and it launched in Chile, in her native Chile. And this week, actually, uh, Friday and Saturday, she's uh, presenting it in Mexico City for the first time. I think that's amazing. And um, and I can't think of anything more different than all the urban stuff we've been talking about than Francisca Valenzuela. So why don't we go into the interview where she talks about her participation in this um, L.A. music series concert and also her Ruidosa Festival. Fantastic. Pues empecemos. Eh, we are here with Francisca Valenzuela, which I, I am so excited to speak to you because you're doing so many great things, especially for women artists, female artists. Thank you. Wow. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so you're here visiting LA or are you living here now? I live here part time. Yeah. Oh, wow. I come, I go back and forth uh, with Santiago in Chile, where I'm from. I grew up in both places and now I try to kind of keep it as nomadic and uh, and. Uh, bicultural as possible so yeah. in the meantime as I can do it I'll be able to do it <laughs> going back and forth yeah so, and it's Halloween uh, mm -hmm. did you do anything fun over the weekend I heard you were pumpkin carving <laughs> was we had a we had a, just some pumpkin carving uh, a very professional pumpkin carving party with some friends and then Nothing else, really. Now it's just going to be kind of hanging out. Yeah. And there's a, a show coming up. Uh, there is. Yes. For Red Bull uh, yes. Sound Select. It's 30 days in mm -hmm. L.A. And I love that the show, uh, the coming show is Chilean female artists. Yes. It's three of us. Um, Marineros, which we were just discussing off, yes. off uh, mic. <laughs> and then uh, Javier Amena and uh, myself. Yes, I'm a fan of both of them. We know each other very well, all of us. And we perform together on different occasions. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm super excited to share um, a night like this one, this kind of very uh, renowned cycle of Red Bull stuff, um, to be, have a night that's dedicated to not only you know Latin America, but Chilean women, which is a very specific, mm -hmm. far away, small country. It's great. <laughs> So I'm excited, country, but with amazing talent. There's a gr there's a great music scene. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us more about that music scene and how it inspired uh, the music, the artists that you are now? Well, um, I think it's an interesting place in the sense that there is a sense of isolation, and uh, you know, it's, it's like kind of like a very poetic, very melancholic, very nostalgic kind of place. And it's a country of poets and of artists. I mean, we have many Nobel laureates, like in poetry, and it's a very sensitive to the arts kind of place. It's a very rugged place as well as many places in Latin America and it's very, very interesting and there is a very big, uh, I want to say like... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Thrust into music with social responsibility and having like very hands on. I mean, I was telling you that, you know, it's a place where really the major labels, for example, in terms of industry, don't really have mm -hmm. a presence. So the majority of us, if not basically all of us, are independent artists. So basically, we've all built our careers and our artistic vision just kind of as we go artisanally. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting because I think that's why it feels very authentic and it feels yes. very. Uh, very kind of uh, with a lot of longevity I mean all of us have been really been doing this for a, a while now and lucky for us we started young but um, it's really kind of a kind of hitting the road kind of uh, work just yeah. performing a lot and getting to know your colleagues and everyone kind of slowly making their own labels and learning and slowly reaching out to an international market uh, from Chile so it's an interesting place and I think there's a big um, there's a really a big impulse to create stuff that is very real and interesting and authentic you know i think slowly but surely there are more festivals that are spotlighting uh in alternative indie like i said in chicago there's real, real fest. fest yeah that's where i got to see marineros mm -hmm. and le bucheret and yeah. so many amazing artists and i think that's that's really important that we're we're developing this because like you said not everyone makes reggaeton sí. not everyone makes a uh, mexican regional that it's right. very right. very strong here in la in the states so um Yeah, I have a lot, of, a lot of respect for people who who take that bravery and actually put on a show with alternative alternative audience because mm -hmm. there is an audience for that. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think absolutely. I think you're right, and I think uh, just as any other discipline in the world, you begin to open up spaces and see the diversity within that mm -hmm. realm or that region, and necessarily it doesn't look like what it, the stereotypes look like Definitely. in a way. And I think again, yeah. this is not to. Um, exclude stereotypes on the contrary it's just to open up the spectrum and exactly. um, and I think it's interesting because especially now like in the millennial a quote unquote kind of approach you have the possibility to make music and promote it and kind of integrate uh, out of visual or whatever all the other aspects of an artistic project in an international way mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be so geolocated as before exactly so you yeah. can be making music anywhere in the world that can sound like Icelandic music I'm going to make up something so <laughs> random but and you can be in yeah. Argentina or Chile so of course there are influences that are local and I think are historical and are biographical and that's interesting whether you make one genre or the other but I think the projection and the desire to kind of uh, cross borders and be present in all sorts of um, spaces is more prevalent and that's really really cool versus before which it was very structured I think it was like you know you're in Mexico City or you're in Buenos Aires or Miami and then if you're not in the epicenter you really can't participate or no yeah. one can really hear you mm -hmm. there were more barriers of access yeah 
Well, I want to talk to you about something that I'm so excited about, Ridosa mm-hmm. Festival, that you pioneered. Yes, yes. And would you say, would you describe it as a feminist festival? Absolutely, yeah, okay. yeah. It's a feminist festival. It's a feminist platform, actually, because okay. it's slowly growing to become not only the experience of the festival itself, but other experiences and content as well. So um, Riosa is a project that uh, I you know, developed at the end of the last year and it inaugurated the first version of this mm-hmm. festival this year in March in Santiago. We had Javier Amena, we had Marineros, thank you. <laughs> we had a whole bunch of amazing women. We had Natizu, we had uh, Camila Moreno, <laughs> we had a whole bunch of women performing and it's it's basically three uh, pillars of activities. Mm-hmm. One is the concerts, which is kind of like the seductive out, uh, you know out, outing of this yeah. festival, and then we have uh, conversation panels and um, the participation of organizations that do women's rights and gender issues. Wow. So it's those three kind of layers Pillars, of yeah. yeah of things that are happening okay. simultaneously and we are doing the first Riosa fest in Mexico City the tickets just i mean they sold out in the first wow. day they went out uh, that just show you shows you that we we want to support this and we need this yeah so i i feel i, I, I want to thank you for doing it no thank you that looks <laughs> great thank you it's awesome to feel that it's a very coherent message yeah you know uh so we have the first one in mexico city this weekend it and starts it's on friday days, it's two days okay. it starts on friday with an amazing panel um called uh lo politico personal mm-hmm. the, the political is personal or political the, what is personal is political as well and it's a, a conversation panel with women that are in rap cumbia and punk um amazing. and so we have like uh, mara advertencia who's uh she's a she's a rapper she's uh, from oaxaca she's mm-hmm. amazing we have you know um ali wawa from cumbia queers and then on saturday we have two panels one with um, called Desde la Musica from the music uh, side and it's with Mon Lafert and Bucherets and okay. Teddy and uh, Jesse Bulvo and we have a second panel from the industry which has a whole bunch of uh, managers people from labels um, the editor from, from Thump and Noisy I mean it's going to be like a very uh, diverse panel about media and industry uh, and then we have seven concerts and an after party with performances and DJs so it's like this That's very amazing. big kind of celebration mm-hmm. of the diversity of women in Latin American music. Exactly. Is it crazy that we have to do these festivals for women to actually participate? I think on the one hand, more than just the possibility of participating, which of course is an issue. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we all have seen, I think even Billboard has, in that respect, been very vocal about it as well in terms of being like, look at these lineups, look at at this data, right? Mm -hmm. There is a lack of participation. It's about looking, you just have to look at the numbers. Um, that, of course, is one issue that's relevant. And in Latin America, I think that data doesn't really necessarily even exist yet. I mean, it, the okay. conversation's happening now, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I think not only the opportunity to ha- showcase all the, the, the women and, and their performances and the projects they're leading, but I think also to have the conversation about the, the gender issues, whether it's uh, barriers of participation, whether it's uh, codes of conduct and sexism, whether it's stereotypes, mm-hmm. stereotypes. I think that's the most valuable thing at the end of the day that's the premise that kind of spearheads all the experiences whether it's the concerts because at the the concerts it's like well there's all these different kinds of projects and it's not only the single songwriter that's you know doe-eyed or something and it's not only the super sexy mamacita like you have a diversity and they're all equal and not because it's music made by women is it for women exclusively too which I think is a very big stereotype too you Mm -hmm. know in Chile like they said like musica de mina like you know you have your you know people it's like ah you know, like the chick flick syndrome. So yeah. I think it's also valuable when you see this is competitive, you know, music that has a power to congregate just as many other music and not the traditional formula that, you know, you imagine 
rock success to be a certain specific way. Mm -hmm. So I think the value is that to show different types of women with different types of careers that are in control and have that credibility and the authority and they're spearheading their own projects. Okay. And have that empowerment through through those examples. Amazing. And how how did this idea come about or what made you kind of motivated you to to do this festival? Um I think I had always had uh kind of the fantasy to do something of this sort uh and I think the, the the confidence to actually go about to do it because mm-hmm. I think uh, many things have to happen to be able to feel able to do it. Not only the confidence and kind of the you know the being like okay, I'm going to champion a project of this yeah. this envergadura, this size, but also to have you know the time or the resources. You know, all these things have to kind of really align. So it's been you know a good ten years of me. Uh, trying to figure out how to put to use, I think, and articulate a project that also has a synergy from my artistic interests and my civic interests because I do consider myself an activist in many mm-hmm. uh, in many projects and I'm, I've been always associated with different foundations that work in certain things and yes. educating myself and to have the possibility to really build a bridge and an experience that I can enjoy. I mean, like, my inner group is super happy because I'm a fan <laughs> of all these performers uh-huh. and I can't wait also as a professional musician or someone that works in the arts to also learn more about you know what how they work what do they do how do you develop a vision how do you follow through with that what you know how was your day-to-day like all these questions that I'm so curious about but also I think the um the the kind of the the click moment was when I was at one point talking because I have many friends of course in the circuit Mm -hmm. and we would talk about like kind of over you know beer or tea or whatever all these things that were happening and it was like we've never really been reunited in an intentional space to discuss these things of course in uh-huh. a formal way mm-hmm. like not formal because the conversation is informal but I mean like intentional like okay the framework is this conversation mm-hmm. are these themes and when I began to see that it was happening to many girls and they were questions and they were kind of it needed to that conversation had to be had it made sense and once I began to invite them to participate because this is you know a possible because they uh, my, you know these colleagues allow allow it to be possible yeah. they participate okay. and they donate their time and stuff um it made sense. It was like, ah, it's it was a reinforcement. It was like, this is a coherent story. It's a coherent and needed space, as you said. Um, so I don't know. I just kind of figure it out as I go, really. That's amazing. But yeah, but I think I had a fantasy of doing like a, a, a Latin American kind of Lilith Fair space, mm-hmm. you know, because especially I think the challenge of also making music from Latin America to the world is a different one from the Anglo-Saxon countries as well. Definitely, for sure, for sure. Are there uh, plans to expand? So I know you're. it's in Chile and then it's Mexico going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I would love if it came to the U.S. I would love to too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year. I don't know. I've, I've, I, we really have to figure it out as we go in the sense that uh, this is also a main project but also secondary project in the sense that I'm also working on my music constantly and touring mm-hmm. and making that uh, this possible through that. Um I don't know. The idea is for it to grow, yes, and for it to be as an expansive movement and platform and brand and idea and uh, experience and emotion and all these positive things. Um, I think it will. I think that'll be possible, and it, naturally, it's beginning to kind of organically grow as well. And the response has been so, so, so wonderful that it makes sense to keep kind of pushing it forward. Yeah. After its debut in Chile and mm-hmm. going to Mexico, what do you think has surprised you most about about this festival? Wow, um, I am someone that's uh, always very nervous, so I always expect the worst. And I'm always thinking there's a <laughs> catastrophe around every single corner. Um, but no, I think what's, I think just in general, the response from participants and public has been beyond 
amazing in the, in what sense in the sense that for example the participants have really made it the experience their own mm-hmm. like there's an appropriation of the project which I love right oh, so they I love that. so they whether it's we're backstage and because I mean this is like a very like uh, I really put the effort in to make it as homey as possible like mm-hmm. I took stuff from my own house to put other panels and yeah. the, you know like the rugs and the cups and like all this <laughs> stuff to make it as cozy as possible and to make it as real as possible and non-formal and non-institutional right okay so I think from the side of the participants to have them make it their own and feel excited about it mm-hmm. and share it and really support it and understand and feel part of it that's so valuable and so special and then from the part of the public that has gone to really feel and see that they Uh, understand the underlying concepts but want to really listen and observe like for example in Chile the panels were for about 200 250 300 people big conversation but they were they were full I mean the inscriptions ran out and everyone was quiet for an hour and a half listening and and laughing and asking questions and Mm -hmm. uh, it really felt familiar and Uh, we were speaking all the same language and there was this like rowing in the same direction mm-hmm. and that felt really really important That's and amazing. valuable and yeah. transparent and real mm-hmm. so um, again it's the first versions there's so much to do still yeah. and, and there's many blind spots but, but the idea is to yeah to keep growing yeah mm-hmm. no it's happening and, and that's that's something that I really admire um, and then well, next so week much. We might elect the first president, uh, I know, the first yes. president of yes. the U.S. True, true. That's that's crazy, right? It's I mean, it's crazy, but it's like it's amazing. time, no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's time, and also, but what's crazy is just the 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 kind of the aesthetic reality of the United States right now. It's mm-hmm. just like it's yeah. we kind of smile on like right now as we speak, and we're like very formed about it. But it is kind of terrifying oh, and yeah. crazy, oh, and yeah. it's been terrifying yeah. ever. I mean. Yeah, but hopefully, you know, we make history and just keep empowering women in general because, you know, it's to see that there are so many young women who are, uh, you know, they have these questions and they don't see uh, maybe represent themselves right, the represented examples. on stage. or yeah. uh, But we just, you know, bringing the spotlight to, to all these artists that are doing amazing things. Cool, yeah, I sure. agree 100%. Yeah. So yes. what are you working on? Uh, you're working on new music? and Slowly, slowly. Out? We have, I just released a last like video called Estremecer, uh-huh. uh, which means like um, to quiver, I guess. <laughs> um, and it was like a super silly video I made in, in Vegas actually when I was just road, doing a road trip. Uh, that was the last video of the of the album officially, my which is my third album. It's called Tajo Abierto, mm-hmm. which means um, sliced open or kind of cut open. And now Riosa, I would say, is the main focus as okay. I as the year ends. And slowly come March, which is Riosa Chile, version two. Mm-hmm. After that, I'll kind of dive into the next album, which has no date, but I'm beginning to write and kind of already figure out slowly. Well, that was Francisca Valenzuela. Uh, make sure to check out, keep up with her. She's doing great things for women, female artists, and making sure that, you know... Um, That we have that discussion, that the discussion keeps on going. Uh, Well, that's it for this week, Leila. And uh, I'm so happy that you interviewed Francisca and we got a chance to kind of take a walk down memory lane with Elvis. And uh, we will (laughs) see you next week in Latin Connection. Yeah, thank you so much. See. uh 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. See you guys next week.